are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And our Patreon page, patreon.com slash unfiltered. Over the weekend, we actually discussed whether or not we think Carl Crawford will get some Hall of Fame votes in 2022 if he's on the ballot then. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. Locked on at builtbar.com. Well, Ulysses, we would be remiss if we didn't start this show without congratulating, of course, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for winning a championship, bringing a championship to Raymond James Stadium and Tampa Bay. So uh, the Bucks got one, the Lightning got one, the Rays got close, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, it'd be great if, if the Rays can get one before long, but it's been for sure a great, great year for Tampa Bay sports teams. And something tells me that uh, the Bucks will be good next year. The Lightning will be good this year going into next year, or I guess just this year. And uh, the Rays may do decent as well. So, man, I feel like, uh, gosh, let's, let's sign Tom Brady to, to some kind of consulting contract with the Rays, a leadership contract. Uh, let's get him in. Let's get him in the clubhouse. Let, let's let let's do. Let's let him do a motivational speech as spring training gets started. I feel like that'd be a nice little pep talk for the Rays going into twenty twenty one. Could he fill out a a rotation spot too? Is he is he available to pitch? Uh, I, 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 look, this guy is just the goat. But we're not gonna just talk yeah. about Bucks. Uh, let, let's 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 do more takeaways from from the weekend. I only have one, Kevin. I only have one okay. for today. Um, there was a, an article written by Adam Barry, the MLB.com's Rays beat writer. Um, it was very entertaining. I, I like his, his articles so far. The one thing that he was speaking about in this article was the rotation depth. Are they going to sign somebody else? Which has been the, what we have said all season long, off season long, this is the biggest spotlight it's not the catching position it's the rotation what are you going to do without Snell and Morton so I I I dug in a little bit deep into the numbers here in 2018 uh the Rays uh pitching staff threw 1448 innings 1448 innings in 2019 they threw uh 1474 and in 2020 it was 527 but if we extrapolate it by multiplying by 2.7, then it would be 1422. So all of those numbers have gone down. So when we then look just at the rotation, in 2018, the rotation uh, threw 860 innings. In 2019, 791. And in 2020, 277, which if we multiply it again by 2.7 to bring it up to a 162-game season, it would be 748 
I know that was a lot of numbers out there, but if you were able to follow along, the trend is going down. The trend is going down on what is needed for the rotation. Now, let's fill out the 2021 fill, uh, rotation card here. You got Glass now, who has never thrown more than 111 innings. You've got Yarbrough, who has crossed the 140 uh, inning plateau twice. You got Archer, who threw 120 innings in 2019. You got Waka, who, if everything goes exceptionally well, you could pin him for 80 innings, just like Fleming uh, with 80 innings, uh, I would think. Patino, let's give him 50 innings, which is the rookie eligibility, um, which McKay got to close uh, with 49 a couple years ago. And then you've got question marks on McClanahan, Honeywell, and McKay. So Mm -hmm. if we fill out those numbers with Glasnow, given 120, Yarbrough, 140, Archer, 100, Waka, 80, Fleming, 80, Patino, 50. Let's say McClanahan gets you 50 as well. Let's go nuts here. That's 620 innings. That's 620 innings. I mean, that is 128 innings less than what was done in 2020 uh, uh, extrapolated. There is a problem in this uh, pitching depth, I think, uh, because you got to have innings to be covered, Kevin. Who's going to cover these? Am I undershooting Archer, Waka, Patino, Fleming? Am I undershooting them? I would think so. Yeah. It's gotta be. And that's assuming they stay healthy too, because that's the thing. If, if glass now goes down, if, if one of your innings eaters goes down, you're kind of screwed. You're really kind of playing with fire there. And and look, you can get away with having 11 guys, 13 guys on the injured list from your pitching staff in a 60 game season, but 162 game season, that's going to be really tough. I would look, I think I would assume glass now would be able to give you 150 to 160 Yarbrough probably going to have to step up and give you some more innings. I think this is really about, you know, assuming that Archer and, and Walker can give you more than, than what you've put forth there. Uh, and Patino too, I'd imagine Patino they're, they're probably going to, I guess, throw them into the fire there and say, Hey, give us a hundred innings, give us 110 guys are going to have to step up and pitch more innings one way or the other, like Trevor Richards. I mean, you're going to have to have a meet innings, Josh Fleming. Okay. And last year we, you had the luxury of, all right, big guy, we'll throw you out there for three and a third, three and two third. No, he's probably going to have to go five. John Curtis, we need you to go multiple innings. Like everybody's going to have to step up and, and give more share of the load here. I think like even Peter Fairbanks, I think they would probably at times need him to go two innings. Like, I, I feel like they can't go around and keep playing with, okay, well, it's going to, we're going to use six different pitchers and our starters are going to go four to five innings. I think the starters are just going to have to go deeper this year. I don't think they're going to be able to go with that same strategy that they have in the past. I, I was thinking, I was right? thinking the same exact thing. Somebody, people need to, you know, okay, glass. Now you've never thrown more than one eleven. I'm going to need you to go one sixty. and Yarbrough, you've thrown one forty twice. Let's go one sixty. Uh, you know, I understand that. But then I started thinking, you know what? After a pandemic season where these guys threw 50 innings, 
60 innings competitively. Mm-hmm. If you add the, the, the playoffs, maybe 80 for glass now in Yarbrough. Uh, but the other guys, no way in hell did they touch 80 innings. So we're going to say, hey, Fleming, even though you, you pitched 37, let's go 100, 110. So I think it's a little bit more difficult to do that. I think what the Rays, in my opinion, what they will try to do is the piggybacking, the six-man rotation, the the three innings. I think they want to kind of do a conglomeration of talent here and say if Patino can give me three innings plus you know McLennan three innings that's all I care because we're not increasing their workload but we're getting the innings covered I think we're going to see a new pioneering way of race pitching in 2021 because of this because of the pandemic because you can't ask guys who've never thrown 80 innings to throw you now 140. I, I think I think that would be the best solution for their arms and for their health um, is to get innovative. You got to get innovative. Okay, yeah. well, you didn't sign Morton. You didn't. You traded away Snell. You, you well then time to be smart and, and and try to do something new because I don't think it's humanly possible to 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 or even fair really. I I said this last week with the Archer signing. It's not fair to ask Archer to, to be a 200 inning guy when he hasn't been that, that guy since Longori was in the race. Right. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, with all this is like you hit on it is we might see some really creative things here. You know, you wish there was a mercy rule. If there was a year to have a mercy rule, this would be the <laughs> year where, all right, we're going to yeah. shut it down. Whether, or if we're winning by 10 or losing by 10, let's shut it down and let's end this game after six, seven innings. And that way we can save some of our pitchers. And, and that's assuming, I mean, however many innings there are, well, I guess it'd make it, I, is depending on if the extra inning rule is still in place. I mean, that, that could be a lot more innings too, depending yeah. on how, things are played. If games are a lot closer, you could have, I mean, you could have a year where instead of having to cover 1450 innings, it's 1500 innings, depending on how things go with that. But I also think um, the Rays aren't done yet as far as making a signing or two, because we do have to remember that Chirinos, Beeks, Poche, and I guess McKay will be moved to the 60 day IL. So you're going to see a lot of guys, I think that might be brought into the fold that, whether they're a minor league deal or a Waka like deal, uh, those guys are going to be relied upon. Like Rich Hill, there's been discussions of him. And I know that this guy hasn't been <laughs> great and his ERA has been ugly the last couple of years, but this guy does eat innings big time. Rick Porcello, he'll give you 175, 200 innings. And sometimes that might be all you need if, if there's an opportunity where you're going against a team that all right, we, we can throw Porcello out there for six and we'll beat up on the Orioles, whatever it may be. If you can kind of pick your spots with that, that might be an option. I know the Rays have also looked at Julio Tehran. Taiwan Walker is still out there. So there's guys maybe to be had that can sort of fill in the blanks and maybe not be, you know, a number three or a number four starter, but they could be, uh, for lack of a better term, bulk guys for you. And, you know, where it's, you're, you're, it's going to be, you're going to be using a lot a lot of different pitchers, a lot of guys. I could see this year being a lot of guys in addition to glass now giving you a ton of innings and Yarbrough giving you a ton of innings. Hopefully is that you have a lot of guys that are giving you 80, 90, hundred innings. If they do sign one or, or two or more of these guys. 
That's that's the hope, right? Archer Waka can give you a combined 200. I think there's that one guy missing. If it's a Porcello, if it's a Tehran, uh, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, if it's Porcello, you know, somebody has to lose the games too. You know, right. <laughs> you got to win 90 plus games. Well, you got to lose some too. So give them to Porcello. Uh, you know, it, it's okay. You, But I do feel like if they don't, get another guy like that, like an archer or a Waka. It's, it's a lot to ask young guys to, to step it up, especially after the pandemic year. Some, some haven't even pitched 30 innings since a, a year plus. So uh, I think they've got to get innovative if they don't get another arm, if they get another arm, then you're going to see a normal type of rotation uh, for the Rays in 2021. If they don't make another archer Waka type signing, I think we can expect them to kind of rotate that young uh, pitching uh, arms that they have that they want to try out. We all want to see McKay, Honeywell, McClanahan, Fleming, Patino, uh, Joe Ryan, J.J. Goss. I mean, there's a lot of names there. So if there's a lot of talent, a lot of names, maybe you can just filter them out in and out. I think they're going to be innovative if they don't sign another Archer or Waka. Who do you think throws the most innings on this team? This Yarbrough. might have to be a prop bet for later. Okay, Yarbrough, he's the number one guy 100%. with innings. Okay. Yarbrough is the most um, valuable pitching arm for the race since 2019. No, no doubt about it in my mind. No doubt about it. It's Ryan Yarbrough. People don't give him the, uh, enough credit uh, as they should. Your, Ryan Yarbrough will be that workhorse. I like how you mentioned that because he actually ties into one of my takeaways and observations that I was thinking about from the weekend. But before we get to that, we've got to tell you about a couple of our good friends like betonline.ag. There's only one place that has you covered in one place that we trust in the betting world. And that is, of course, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. If you all had listened to it, my, uh, to my advice on Friday, you would have made a couple of shekels there with the uh, Buccaneers and the plus three that they were at. In fact, you'd probably make more than a couple there. So uh, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on all of the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit, betonline.ag. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious than ever before. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors, like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Uh, These protein bars are the best tasting protein bars on the planet. They're 100% 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. For example, the cherry flavor that I have here in front of me, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and just four grams net carbs. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On for 20% off at builtbar.com. Okay, Ulysses, you alluded to it, Ryan Yarbrough and how uh, valuable he is to this franchise and how I don't think 
he gets the respect he deserves on this team. Well, we of course learned on Friday that G-Man Choi won his arbitration case against the Rays, getting $2.45 million uh, this upcoming year. The the Rays wanted to pay him $1.85. Choi asked for $2.45, and Choi, of course, won. Well, Ryan Yarbrough still has an outstanding arbitration case where the Rays are offering $2.3 million, and his team, uh, or Ryan Yarbrough's team and agent, is requesting $3.1 mil. So it got me thinking that if G-Man Choi is getting paid $2.45 million and winning his arbitration salary, you can, this should be a prop bet on betonline.ag that Ryan Yarbrough, you can take it to the bank. He will win his arbitration case. He he will get paid $3.1 million. You cannot have Ryan Yarbrough making less than G-Man Choi when you consider um, for better or worse or however you want to put this, I mean, he has been the number two starter for the last three years if we're just looking at strictly innings. 2020, second most innings on the team. 2019, second most innings on the team. 2018, second most innings on the team. I don't care if you're in a bulk role or used as an opener or whatever. Right. Yarbs, I think, has a really, really good case, not to mention what he has done in the playoffs, too. He's been dynamite in the playoffs. So... Um, you know, the, what the Rays should do, they should just say, okay, we lost to G man Choi. We know we're going to lose this case to Yarbrough. Can, can we just pay you your three? Can we just avoid all the, the right. legalese here? Let's get the legal Eagles out of this thing. And let's, let's, let's go into spring training on a positive note. Okay. We'll give you your 3.1 because we're really, really going to need you this year. A hundred percent. That's exactly what should happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, I don't know if the legal East would even allow that to happen. Uh, yeah, I don't but- even know if they can do that, but. But it would be nice if if they were able to do that uh, because you said he was the second most in innings the last three years. That makes him the the most durable pitcher for the race in the last three years. And that also makes him the leader of all race pitchers in the last three years, too. Because Mm -hmm. cumulatively, I mean, you didn't have Charlie Morton in 2018. You know, so so that that takes away innings and 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 puts him into first place. I just he's completely undervalued, and he is a, a, a critical, really a critical piece in this 2021 team. When I think you 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 mentioned this a month ago, the Rays rotation is being held by you know Glassnow, Yarbrough, and Scotch tape. Beautifully yeah. put, Kevin, uh, because that's exactly what it is. Now, let, let's have a little bit of hope. But uh, again, like I just said uh, earlier, if there is no more Archer or Waka signings, they you will see innovative uh, pitching usage by the race. Yeah, and he's going to be huge this year when you consider, I mean, the Yankees pretty much getting there at full strength and what the Blue Jays have done to boost their lineup and they don't have a weakness one through nine adding George Springer and Marcus Simeon, not to mention all the other characters they have on that team, a lot of power on that team and on the Yankees and the Red Sox also can hit the ball out of the ballpark. You need a guy that can uh, induce ground balls and induce weak contact. And that is what Ryan Yarbrough does. And I think that's going to be huge for, for keeping low scores against some of those teams that you're going to face so many times this upcoming year. And just a little food for thought here. um, Of course, Trevor Bauer got that 
massive uh, three-year deal a couple days ago. Trevor Bauer's career ERA is 3.9. His career whip is 1.26. Ryan Yarbrough, his career ERA is 3.94. His career whip is 1.15. So very similar, if not better. I mean, it is better on the whip end. And I know Trevor Brower brings a lot more flash and velocity and things like that. But that, that, really, if you're Ryan Yarbrough's uh, agent here, just bring those numbers, bring those two numbers out to the table, stick them on the table and say, here you go. This is why all we're asking is for 3.1 mil. We're not asking for 30.1 mil. Yes. Also, Kevin, it's been the last seven now, I think. It's either seven or eight. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, It's either seven or eight of their last cases that have gone to arbitration in the race of lost. Stop lowballing these professional players. Stop yeah. it. God, again, oh, man, I just get so heated about this. Look, if you are pinching pennies and you're a baseball owner, maybe this shouldn't be the thing that you, uh, that you own, okay? Go, go back to Wall Street and, and do that. Don't own a baseball team if you can't pay players the right salary. Stop. Yeah, not to mention that you can't think that G-Man Choi and Ryan Yarbrough, they, they've got to feel a little slighted with all this. Like, of course. We've been with this team for several years, years. and we've contributed and we've we've been a big part of this organization and the marketing and um, part of the success. And you're basically saying you you don't want to pay us what we think we're worth. And and really these guys are worth more. I mean, definitely Ryan Yarbrough, like out on the open market, what this guy would get would. And again, that, that speaks to the larger issue of free agency and and arbitration and things like that. But um, speaking of pinching pennies and well, I guess just speaking on the money end, continuing on the money end, of course, uh, there was a lot of scuttlebutt last week about the Rays being involved with the Marcel Azuna sweepstakes and uh, Buzzkill. Uh, he winds up, of course, with the Atlanta Braves on a four-year, $64 million deal with, I think, an option tied to that as well. And there are reports out there that the Tampa Bay Rays did make an offer, but Let's be honest here. Let's be frank. Their offer, I don't think, and I think Topkin, Mark Topkin backs this up. It wasn't anywhere near where what the Braves were shooting for. Talking about like a one-year $13 million deal, one-year $15 million deal, something in that range, which is, again, it's fun to talk. Oh, the Rays are in on Marcel Azuna. Not really. Not really. They're, they're yeah. throwing him a crap me- offer. And let, let's not give the Rays much credit here. Okay, Thank if you. they made a four-year, $56 million offer, okay, I'll give you guys credit. And I understand you don't want to get into a bidding war. But like a, a one-year, $13 million offer or some, or even a two-year, one-year with an option, like you're, you're playing yourself. You're just – it's stupid. Like why even go through – the rigmarole of of putting that offer to his team it makes there has there has to be an like a ranking of some kind of of of, you know being in on a guy because if you can just then just do low ball 
Like, you know, oh, were they also into, you know, were they in on the Trevor Bauer sweepstakes? Because they said, hey, Bauer, we'll pay you $15 million that we didn't pay Charlie Morton for a year. Like, right. is that also in? If they offer on Kluber a, a one year, $2 million deal, does that mean they're in? Right. So, that's, like, that's expressing yeah. interest, technically. Yes. Right. But who's not expressing interest on a former Cy Young or or a guy who just won uh, the Cy Young and Trevor Bauer? Like, so yeah, I I am upset about the you know the reports about oh they're in or they're interested. Like, what what makes a team interested? Just lowballing he, offers. Here's it's what ridiculous. happens. Here's you know, what happens. Wait, hold up. Be, yeah. be, before you know, uh, you know, we get into like oh you know the negatively speaking they were in on Craig Kimbrell they did actually offer him yes. a three-year and they only messed up by three or four million dollars you know karma happened somehow this actually worked out great for the Rays and their bullpen and all of that but that's the kind of interest or that's the kind of agreement that you can be like oh they were really in on Craig Kimbrell they, there's actually years and figures but I mean, the Asuna thing was just ridiculous. If it is a one-year 13 mil like yeah. Topkin kind of seemed to suggest. What happened probably is that Ozuna's agent, he gets this crap offer from the Rays, say one-year $13 million deal. And he goes and says, the Bra- uh, says to the Braves, we have an offer on the table from the Rays. That's all he says, though. He's not saying how many <laughs> years or how many dollars. He's just saying that we do have an offer from the Rays. It could be a sack of pennies, but we still have an offer on the table. And of course, the Braves really paid what Marcelo Zuna was looking for. And, and about what, I mean, coming into free agency, we knew that Marcelo Zuna was going to get a three, four, maybe five-year deal, something along those lines after the year that he had. Speaking of Ozuna, do you think that, say the Rays did go for broke and they outbid the Braves on this thing, would that have made the Rays a contender this year, or they still have so much work and so many things have to go right for them on the pitching end this year that one middle of the order bat won't make, wouldn't make enough of a difference in the grand scheme of things over the course of one season. I think you'd feel a a whole, uh, you know, way better. You'd feel way better about Ozuna in your lineup than not. Right. Uh, It wouldn't, probably uh help the rotation any uh, ozuna doesn't have a curveball that i know of but uh, so so it's not going to help the rotation but sometimes the rotation has to be bailed out and the rays have never had that sort of team that bails out the pitching uh often uh right so you know maybe adding that guy kind of would help the rotation and you know they gave up five but the Rays somehow come up with six or seven runs to that game so it all honestly having that type of bat is always going to be productive and and beneficial uh, but yeah there the the biggest problem has been throughout this whole offseason and it remains so it's the pitching depth what are they doing and you know again they just might be keeping that tight lipped uh, because they're being they're going to be innovative. That's what I think. I think twenty twenty one, they're going. We're going to see something special if we don't see another type of signing like Archer. Would be funny as if uh, you know we would know the Rays were really serious about going for it in twenty twenty one. If and I know what I mean. It's really hard to looking at the National League what the Padres and the Dodgers have now done to compete with that. But if the Rays had kept Snell, if they had 
kept Morton, and then you oh. add Ozuna to the equation, and then you can fill in and work in some of those younger pitchers that we've talked about. Of course, not Patino. He would not be on the team, but still the McClanahan's, the McKay's, the Joe Ryan's, Josh Fleming, guys like that. Then you would feel comfortable. And oh, yeah. look, I'd feel really comfortable about adding Chris Archer to the equation. It's like, wow, that's another depth right. piece. And really, if you added Ozuna and you added Archer and kept Snell and Morton, I mean, the payroll would still be what? 80, 90 million. I know it'd be, I guess, maybe the highest payroll in Rays history, but you just came off game six of the World Series. But look, we can all dream, right? I, I'll have to save that uh, team for my MLB The Show. I'll do a, I'll do a simulation in MLB The Show <laughs> and, and see how it winds up, see where the Rays wind up this uh, in 2021 virtually. Well, the, the Rays right now uh, have a budget of 48 mil plus uh, right now, as of today which, you know, I think 2 million are in retainer. So, okay, let's say 50 mil. So the, the budget is 50 mil right now. I, I mean, that is, I think, 27th in the league. 27th in the league for a team that just went to the World Series. Um, no, money doesn't fix everything, but uh, quality players usually demand more money. And, and, and so we'll see what happens, but it, 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 it is frustrating. It is frustrating you, to, to see these rumors. Oh, they're in. And then, you know, what did yeah. they actually offer Ozuna? You know? Yeah. I would love to be, that's got to be reported. I feel like hopefully at some point, I, I think hopefully. I read somewhere that Ozuna like wasn't happy at all about the offer that he got from the Rays, which again, speaks to Topkins report. Good. Throughout Good. The that. Yeah, you shouldn't be. I mean, that'd be less than what he got in his qualifying year. And he just yes. came off a career year, the best year of his career. So ridiculous. Even without the universal DH still, I mean, he can still play left field a little bit, I think, at least for another year or two. He just turned 30 years old and everything like that. But do you think that it, it does get me thinking, though, if the Rays are maybe looking to add some type of power bat? or DH uh, on the scrap heap here as we approach spring training and maybe give a flyer or, you know, maybe sign a guy for a one year, three, $4 million deal, considering that it seems like it's going to become, if it has not already become a buyer's market, because there's a lot of names out there still. There's, there's Danny Santana, there's Mitch Moreland, there's our old buddy, CJ Crone. Yeah, C.L. Puig, I know, but he probably, I guess, wouldn't fit into the Rays clubhouse. Adam Duvall has a lot of pop. Shin Su Chu, Edwin Encarnacion, Jonas Cespedes, Ryan Braun. Ulysses, do any of those guys tickle your fancy, or should the Rays just be like, we'll just go with the, the guys that we got, and, and hopefully that you know Austin Meadows will be on a rebound, and Yoshi Satsugo will make improvements, and and – you know, maybe we'll see some of uh, Wander Franco and Josh Lowe and, and guys of that elk and, and just ride those guys in 2021. Honestly, for the first, actually it might be the second time for the second time in, 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 in franchise history, I think you, you kind of feel good about right. the offensive uh, production coming up from, from, from these guys. I don't see a lot of holes. I mean, yeah, we know the catching position is, is definitely not where you want it to be, but that's kind of a moot point by now. Cause it's just never going to happen where the Rays are actually going to keep a Wilson Ramos or a TDA. That's not happening. That, that's not their philosophy. And unfortunately, um, but you know that I digress on that point. I think 
offensively, they're set. I think they're good. I think they they might have been interested in an Ozuna because of his otherworldly talents, and and, and right. he's just a step above the competition that you're like, okay, this makes sense. Um, again, we don't know what their offer was or whatever, but uh, that's who you, if you're the race, that's who you want to pursue the that that extra extra guy the with the the one that could be an mvp type player right that's the one that you're interested in i don't think there's room for another so so guy that can give you platoon like on the outfield like i mean there's enough outfield guys and there's a glut of infielders coming up from the minors i think the rays are set uh offensively speaking it's just the the arms you got to focus on the pitching yeah. And I, I know it's not, and this is all just for fun. I know it's not uh, necessarily their modus operandi, but I would be intrigued if they had made a play or try to make a play for Edwin Encarnacion. I know he came off a bad year, small sample size with the White Sox, but he's a couple years younger than Nelson Cruz. And you talk about a guy that can and will give you power. I mean, for what, eight straight years, he's averaged 37 home runs. He's not a huge strikeout guy. I think he's got a 17 and a half percent strikeout rate for his career. Uh, It's gotten a little bit higher as he's gotten older. And then the familiarity with the ALE is Tim playing with the blue Jays and the Yankees. That's the big, I I think it'd be interesting. I mean, I feel like you could, you could get them at a cheap price if you want to. And if it doesn't work out, look, it's it's a couple million bucks. You just DFA him, move on with your life. I feel like that's not the end of the world. Out of all the guys in that list, that one attracts me the most because, uh, you know, the, the the career has been there. And your last point, the AL East, the dude has played in Toronto for years, uh, Fenway, Yankee Stadium. I mean, and, and they're all small parks, too. Imagine yeah. having that thread in, in Yankee Stadium. I mean, we saw it when when he was with the Yankees for a little bit. Uh, that the uh, Fenway with him, I mean that's that's nasty stuff right there so yeah if if you were to take a, f- a flyer on a guy you would definitely do that i think when did the race take a flyer on hideki matsui was it in 2013 oh it was, it was around that time it was a while ago and he wasn't if too was, good with the rays if i remember no he, that's but this is this is where my my yeah. point is he wasn't that good and he had been good right so you dfa'd him after two months okay whatever but my point is, you did that in a winning team. If it was 2013, they went to the playoffs. If it was 2012, that was a 90-win team. And if it was in 2011, which it wasn't, it wasn't 2011. So it was either 2012, 2013, maybe 2014. Uh, but it was a competitive team. So uh, right. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with with giving a guy like Edwin Encarnacion a, a deal. But again, just philosophically speaking on, on on the team and how they 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 operate, I, I think they, they, they better focus more on arms than on an offensive additions. Right. right now. Yeah. And the other thing with Edwin too, is you wonder if again, once every year you get older, your bad speed starts to slow down. And I know I looked up some of the metrics and he wasn't very good on fastballs this past year. And again, maybe it's small sample size, whatever it may be, but if you're late on fastballs and you're getting to his age, probably not going to get much of an improvement from there, but it's just something to, to consider. I also, oh, yeah. you, you bring up uh, Hideki Matsui. That reminds me of when uh, the Rays also brought in Manny Ramirez for a short stint. That, that should be an episode yeah. is obscure or like this guy played on the Rays. 
yeah. I'll beat brief, briefly, but That's that would why. be a, that'd be a fun little, little game there that we might have to have, but it, it, it look, I mean, it could be something there. Who knows? That's why I said not 2011 with Hideki, because I was like, no, that was Manny and Johnny Damon year. So that was, that was yeah. that 2011 season. So, you know, uh, you got to move Hideki a little bit to tw- 2013, 2014, but again, uh, let, let's see what happens, but it's, it's, uh, it's coming, man. It's, yeah. uh, it's hey, the Super Bowl's right, right over. Round. That means race. That means here, baseball. Baby. Baseball season is right around the corner. Pitchers and catchers report, at least for the Rays. I think pitchers report February eighteenth. I mean, very very soon. Yeah, ten days or this so. month. Yeah. Man, it is coming up, flying up on us for sure. Okay, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Wednesday.